everybody, and welcome to the CampCast. It's a beautiful day at Camp Menominee, and I hope it is the same wherever you are listening to this recording. My name is Jason Felgraber, and I'm the owner of Camp Menominee in northern Wisconsin. Today on the show, you'll hear my conversation with camp parents Colleen and Blair, who have two boys that finished their second year at camp in the summer of 2017. Their older son, Jonah, has some pretty severe food allergies, and Colleen and Blair were generous enough to sit down with me and talk about what it is like to send a boy to camp with allergies, what camp's process is, and how we accommodate. And they offer advice for parents who have boys with allergies as it relates to camp. Colleen and Blair also got to spend some time at camp this summer, so we get into their experience a little bit. Hopefully their thoughts can help answer a lot of questions for parents who have children with food allergies out there and are nervous about sending them to camp. Before we jump into the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to two amazing Camp Menominee campers. First, Miles Provis for providing us with that original piece of music that led into the show, and you'll hear it again in a minute. And second, to Eli Lundy, who created the camp cast and is the original host. Um, He did that at camp this summer. Eli's a pro, and I'm just trying to hold down the fort in the off season until he gets back to camp. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's hear from camp parents, Colleen and Blair. But you're all the way from Chicago with a promise of homemade food. Right. I turned down I turned down dinners with five other families <laughs> tonight because I thought I was gonna get homemade, right. healthy. What did I make last time? Salad, um, salmon. salad, and salmon, and then you made a brownie, like a one that was safe for Jonah with ice cream. Wow, oh. that's a good memory. Which is a yeah. great transition into <gasps> what we want to talk about. Oh. See, that was so perfect. Everything that man was allergy. Should we talk about how I had to go on meds before we sent our kid to camp? (laughs) So you're gonna go back, yeah, to the mother of two campers, one who's just pretty regular guy, didn't need any kind of uh, help at camp, and then you had the other one who um, made you a little nervous to send off to camp, right? So Jonah has a few diagnoses. One is celiac disease. Get a list. I think think you needed two pages to let. Well, it was it was actually four. It was four pages that you let yes. A few anaphylactic allergies. Right. One was celiac disease, asthma, eczema, but the big hitter was eosinophilic esophagitis. Can you tell people out there that don't know what it is? What it is? Basically, it's an allergic disorder where you start to become allergic to everything, all foods, and eosinophilic esophagitis means that eosinophils are an allergic cell that become present in your esophagus when you eat foods um, that you're allergic to. So Jonah develops his eosinophilic esophagitis with mostly with the top eight allergenic foods. So for the layman, when he eats these foods, he can't swallow it. He can't Basically, swallow it. Right? It can cause choking, gagging, obstruction. Um, the eosinophils in his throat scar his throat. So even if he's not eating allergic food, it's still hard for him to get food down. So how do you deal with it when he goes to school every day or when you go to restaurants? or Like this weekend, the boys are going on a retreat. How, how do you deal with his diet and his food? The most interesting thing is, I mean, 
things have changed a lot in the last two years. It's gotten significantly easier, both at camp um, and the camp. You know, they were doing a retreat this weekend. Um, but um, the difference the is he is learning to advocate for himself. He's getting a little older, so now he's what in sixth grade. He's mm -hmm. learning to advocate, and that was when we started camp. He was going into fourth, or right third, fourth. Fourth was sleepaway camp. The so, summer before fourth. So, but yeah, I mean, even like again going back, I mean, you know, it was difficult to send him like overnight to sleep at somebody's house. You know, this right. is a kid like you felt uncomfortable spending him to you know to spend a night at somebody's house, and now you're looking at the first time we were going away to camp, um, making that commitment. So you had a lot of conversations back and forth with camp because you had a lot. Because you it's to make not sure just it's avoiding easy. foods; it's also food preparation. Yep. So you have to worry about contamination. And I think from a, from a camp perspective, for us, that's that's the biggest deal is making sure that we're preparing the foods in the right way. Because for us, I think it's easy to get the right foods or the right companies and the right ingredients because you just tell us what those are. But there's a really there's a huge risk when we're talking about him getting exposed to the foods that he can't, right? Right. And um, like one the of the food things... preparation, like if there's flour floating around in the kitchen, that's mm -hmm. a big problem. Or if there's... His fried chicken is dipped in oil that fried chicken with gluten on it was dipped into. One of the things that jumped out to me his first year was he, uh, we have this thing at camp where every morning we do cabin cleanup and the kids each have a job and one of the kids doesn't have to clean the cabin that morning because they're the waiter. Mm -hmm. And the waiter is responsible for taking everyone's plates at the end of the meal and scraping the food off the plates into a bucket and taking that set of plates up to the window. And one of the things we had talked about um, was that he can't even be waiter because he could possibly touch another kid's food that he is severely allergic to and that can cause a reaction. So we're, we're not just talking about kind of run-of-the-mill food allergies. We were talking about something... Contact, yeah. Right. And something that, yeah, that could influence you know, his experience at camp. And for us, like a lot of parents, I mean, we just wanted him to have a normal summer. I mean, we, we didn't want his food allergies to get in the way of him having the exact same summer that every other child would have. And I think, you know, to start, I mean, you did a great job of sort of preparation, whether it was preparation from us or preparation of the kitchen staff and letting them know sort of what, you know, what everyone's in, in, in for. In so what was that process like for you? How did you get to a place where you were comfortable sending him to camp? What? And you could be a, you could be 100% honest because I'm... How many weeks did I go without sleep before we sent Jonah away to camp? So there were two summers before Jonah finally went to sleepaway camp that he begged to go to sleepaway camp, and I sent him to day camp. Uh -huh. And he said, this summer, I'm going. I am going. Right. I don't care what you guys plan for me. I'm going to that sleepaway camp. I'm going to Camp Menominee. So... We had to make it happen. I, I think didn't sleep from like, like April and May. You were like typing up notes and explaining how you know to celiac disease, explaining eosinophilic esophagitis, and we're just talking about food allergies. He also has a very severe allergy to cold temperatures, where he literally gets welts all over him if his arm goes in the freezer. I don't know if you remember this. To get a thing of ice cream, but not right like, before right before camp started, you sent me the. I think it was four or five that. pages, and I read it, and I called you, and I said, are you sure you that you want to send your son to camp here? And you're like, you were the one that put me at ease rather than the opposite. You, we walked through every single thing on every single page, what the emergency action plans were, and when he's had reactions to certain things, and that really helped camp. And I think one of the things that I would tell every family out there is 
tell us as much as you possibly can, even if you think it's information overload, because we can share that with the counselors and the rest of the staff. And literally the entire staff knew, the waterfront staff knew about the cold Uticaria. Am I wow. The entire waterfront staff knew about that. And they knew that if the water was really cold, just keep an eye out when Jonah comes out of the water, because that could be a reaction there, or even when he's in the water. And the kitchen staff knew every single part of his allergies, and they were able to communicate with you guys. But that's one thing even though that document might have, um, at first glance, freaked us out a you, little bit. Yes. It helped us make his summer as good as we possibly could have. It was a good balance of... So what, what were things... Do you remember how we were able to handle his food allergies first session when he was there for those first two weeks? And what made you comfortable with the fact that he was at camp and getting a good diet every day? When I first started talking to your chef the first summer he went, he was saying, you know, what is Jonah like? What can I get him? So I had this crazy idea that there was nothing up near Camp Menominee, and I didn't know where this food was coming from, so I pictured myself having to get it all in Chicago and bring it up. And um, that's not the case. There's some great grocery stores up there. You can get all these specialty items. And you guys were willing to get the gluten-free donuts for the donut thing and the safe ice cream and the safe, you know, whatever cookies and whatever it was for him to participate. Um, you know, he was, I was trying to go over with him, like, what he likes, but also what are the offerings so I can kind of match that up. That was a big stress of mine. Like, I don't want Jonah sitting here eating rice checks every morning if everyone's having pancakes and bacon and eggs, and let's kind of get him something warm, too. Um, I think for us it was about making it, and for inclusive. for Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff was the, the chef that year and our kitchen manager, now one of our assistant directors, and his big thing was it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a project every day, and it shouldn't be something that you would walk in and you would realize, hey, he's eating something different. Or we have to make this whole to-do for our kids with allergies. Even though there is a separate window and we cook with separate utensils and um, everything like that, we want to make it seamless where everyone's just going in, they're sitting down, they're getting their food, and it's nothing different for Jonah. He has his process, all the kids have theirs, but it's all kind of happening at the same time. So he doesn't feel like he's he's making himself the center of attention every time we go. Right. And usually the problem is, um, he's made the center of attention. The second problem is, is usually at different places waiting for his food. Half the time at restaurants, we're done eating. And then he finally gets his food because they had to make it special or it got goofed up or it got contaminated or it came with a gluten bun. And that didn't happen at camp. I asked him specifically because that's the only thing that I think affects him even more than having a different looking meal is not getting it at the same time. Right. And he got his food at the same time. And that's one thing like that our staff went went above and beyond that was to try and make sure that that was the case like those kids didn't feel like they were having to have special attention right just because they, they just had their food allergies. the time everyone else did and the other kids were respectful I think the kids understand more than even the adults mm -hmm. how all the other so many other kids have allergies they kept their food away they wasn't like I was worried about cross-contamination at the table, like here's a pizza slicing, you know, pizza slices right. going back and forth and crumbs like getting on a plate. Ten-year-olds being ten-year-olds where they're Throw just kind of messing with each other because they don't know how severe one of their allergies is. But, but it's we didn't know that at that age, but they know it. It's a generational thing. I mean, I feel like our generation doesn't sort of know 
how to handle those allergies as much as their generation does. I mean, that's what my experience is. I don't, I don't think it's as strange for the kids as we think. Like, they know, like, oh, Jonah can't have this in his plate. We can't pass the, you know, the pizza. When we grew up, it was the weird one kid in the grade who was allergic to a nut. Right. And now it's, now it's it, when I was a kid, the there were jars, like, jugs of peanut butter sure. on every table. Every single table had its own huge thing of peanut butter that everyone just <laughs> it was grabbed. a camp staple in those yeah. days, and now and, it's like it's like enemy. Um, but I think that's one thing that shocked me about the kids, and that's one thing I love about our campers, and I'm sure campers at other camps is they are so. It's an education for them. They want to learn about why he's eating something different and not force whatever they're eating onto him or try and mess with anyone with food allergies. They actually want to learn what's going on and why we're serving different meals and what that process is like. And they really, they really care about it. And I thought that was kind of cool and kind of special that you see 10 year olds kind of educating each other on food yeah. allergies rather than. I think the other thing is, you know, you were asking about preparation. I think we went up a little over prepared. I mean, we came up with I um, sent a suitcase of food a anyhow, of food. even though they said a, I didn't need it. And I don't even think it probably, it probably got used. Or it what did you do differently? He was excited about your stuff. Oh, great. Yeah. And that he didn't want He really wasn't interested stuff. in the stuff that we were bringing. What did you do differently from year one to year two? Because Jonah had finished, Jonah just finished his second summer. So. I think year three will be even more different. Year, year two, I slept. <laughs> year two, I enjoyed the break. And I wasn't able to enjoy it the first year. And it wasn't a full suitcase. It was about a half suitcase. I send a we small We hadn't bag. been to Tosi's yet. Is that the name of the grocery store? Or what, no, what's the grocery store? Triggs. Uh, Triggs. We yeah. hadn't been to Triggs yet. So it's amazing that Triggs and Igor has come up with such a great... Once we went, Cubby and, went to Triggs, she, yeah. was, she was like, I'm not sending anything. It's the gourmet better. grocery. It's amazing. It has every specialty item that you more, find in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's, it's so different. Chicago. Ten years ago, Triggs was just your run-of-the-mill Wisconsin grocery store. Where it's 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 just I mean, fried food. and It's a great sign of the time, too. They have a whole... Sushi and gluten-free... We don't serve sushi at camp, disclaimer. Oh. Anyway, I don't think looking, Eagle River's known for right. sushi. I, I ask kids sometimes on home visits, like, what's your favorite food? And a few kids say sushi. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> not not right. That's what we want. But the second summer, we got to go there for a week. So I got to right. experience camp. The food is amazing. Mm -hmm. The food is healthy. The food is prepared. It, I looked in the kitchen. I went through. I went talked to the chefs. It's clean. It's organized. They understood contamination. These are real trained chefs. These aren't chefs like the school kitchen cook. Right. You have we, to teach them. We had some really great guys this year, which was nice, and found different places to hire them from, so hopefully we'll keep that pipeline. But I think what was cool, I mean, it, it, we got it, and we, we thank you for the special opportunity that we were able to be there, but... As parents of a child with allergy, we got to see what we were hearing about through letters and photos and then at the end of the summer. And and that was that everything that, you know, we had hoped was really confirmed, that um, Jonah was eating with the rest of the kids, that meals were not sort of an event, which is exactly what we wanted. We didn't want it to be something like, oh, here comes Jonah's meal. Everybody move away and, and keep the sterile environment so, you know, Jonah can eat his food. Right. It was like, Jonah's dad his food. The other kids to, like, food. put him in a bubble. Or no, there was no bubble. And he was in, you know, the You had time. the bubble, though, ready. <laughs> We did. The bubble After was that on first standby. conversation, yeah. our first summer. And it was sort of non-eventful. And, and, you know, sometimes I think I remember a few times, you know, we had some private conversations with the chef at the time. And, you know, every, you know, we sort of have our, our list of questions as parents of a child with severe allergies that we go through. And we sort of gauge by their response and how they talk about it. We gauge our level of comfort 
you know, because of that. Mm -hmm. And it was like every single thing he knew the answer. Of course, I keep, you know, the, I keep all the, you know, utensils over here and they never cross-contaminate. And this is how we clean them. And this is how we prepare things. And this is where Jonah's food is located. And the other food is located over here. It was like, everything. check, check, check. And you check, felt check. like you had access. Like you felt comfortable talking to the chefs about it because yeah. we gave you access and made sure that You gave us access, which is a rare thing. Because schools don't do that. Other camps don't do that. They're going to a Jewish camp, a retreat this weekend. They didn't do that. No one wants to talk to me. I just want to find <laughs> out if they know family. how to prepare <laughs> the food. What would your biggest piece of advice to new families who have kids with food allergies? I would be like, just send them yeah, because to... you can trust That's a great... it. Send them. What was the You're other thing you did? Those videos. What was the other piece? I mean, communication is huge. Um, but I think the camp is excellent at communication. But I think making sure, I mean, I think the thing that you did that helped Jonah is you were really organized with um, your communication. I mean, I think you put your concerns on, you know, you, you, the, the one about the meals I think was huge. I don't know if the camp would have thought of that or not thought of that, but that was a big deal for us. Like, make sure the meals are served around the same time. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, that's nothing to do with allergies, but that's all to do with his well-being. Right. And I think that that's part of what made it so great. Like, I mean, the, the other thing I was going to say is, like, you asked a question, like, how did you know like everything was good or that it worked out? Well, we sort of didn't know until he came back the first summer and it was like rave reviews. It was like, I love the food, they had the best chicken wings, which Jeff is still like. I mean, you know, Jonah like, could have come back and said he was sick every day, all day from a celiac, even if he didn't have well, an anaphylactic That's probably why you didn't allergy. sleep your first year. Right. Because you didn't know, you know day to day what. But why didn't I sleep for two months going? before? I was so scared. I just kept thinking, I'm so responsible sending such a sick child. This is so risky. Why am I taking this risk on? And I just couldn't say no anymore. If I remember, he actually gained weight at campus for some. He might have. Well, I remember he, he said he had not, even last summer he said. He loved the food. <laughs> he wants me to call your chef and find out how to make chicken wings because I've never made chicken <laughs> wings. And I need to get the recipe because I looked it up on Pinterest and I apparently wasn't like Camp Menominee chicken wings. Finn and Jonah both rejected them. But I think that was the end. I mean, the end was like, the end result was that he came back. And yeah, I think he did put on weight. And he, he loved was, the food. He loved the food, which is which is he, food is not like a popular topic for him. It's just like part of the day that he gets through. Mm -hmm. um, it's a chore. Said, yeah, it's a chore. But he said he loved the food, and you know. And then the next question is, do you want to go back? And the answer was absolutely. So, and I've done this a couple times, but I've put parents in touch with you that have kids with allergies coming to camp because it's always nice to be able to talk to a parent who's lived. Through it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's thinking exactly what you're thinking as a first-time parent mm -hmm. that isn't sleeping for two months leading up to the first summer. Did you feel like we were pretty responsive when you reached out um, with questions and Unbelievably stuff responsive. during the summer? More responsive than any school, any sports program, any club, camp, and even sleepaway camp that he goes to for his Hebrew school retreat. People get uncomfortable on this topic, and people get nervous. Jonah is my more social child. He gets asked on less sleepovers, not because of the kids, but because of the parents. Parents and adults are uncomfortable taking this on, and it's very unique that a camp is going to deal with one parent so much to be so accommodating for just one child. Right. Well, that's part of the experience is making sure that we know everything we can to do it the right way. And I get it. If you're another parent, you don't want to put the time in to sit down and actually learn about this stuff. But it's an education that I think a lot of people should 
have and a conversation a lot of people should have. And at the end of the day, despite the lists of things that he's got going against him, it's just a few simple things that we have to do to make sure he's comfortable and things that we just need to watch out for. And having action plans like you gave us really, really helped. Um, it helped us realize that everyone's going to be fine, even if there is an incident, we're ready for it. And well, I think being at camp also made me feel when we were there helping with the water skiing, but we were a little bit part of the medical staff because we sat with the nurse mm-hmm. and we saw... One thing we learned is Jonah's not the only one with stuff there. No. It's almost like Jonah learned that, hey, most people have something. And most people are either taking meds for it or they have a dietary restriction or they have a physical restriction or they're getting injections in their abdomen for something or they have a special breathing treatment they have to go off for. This is the generation that right. we're not, is coming up the pipeline. We're not catering our whole program to Jonah. There are plenty of other kids that are coming in with lists and lists of things that they deal with on a, a daily basis. So we're trying. But what my communication was with you guys was that it seemed like it was all about Jonah. Mm-hmm. And it's you were so focused on Jonah and so focused on making sure his needs were met that I had no idea there were other kids with so many other needs that needed to be met. I was astounded to see other kids with other yeah, and that was part of, like like I was saying, that was part of, like, when we talked about, like, we have a, our checklist. And and one of the things in the checklist is we want to make sure the people that we're talking to are taking us seriously. You know, that it's, you know, because, like, you could say, oh, peanut allergy, you know. We've been around that before. It's not that big a deal. I mean, just don't eat peanuts. But you always want, you know, the, the person you're talking to to take it seriously. And I think we felt like that. And then when we got to camp and we saw the severity of some of the other kids' issues, like, okay, if they can handle this. They can certainly handle us. And thank you for taking like our our son's needs seriously. It's funny we do that with staff too. Like I always tell I always tell our guys when we're interviewing new staff members, you could spend a half hour on Skype with someone, but and they could say all the right things, but you never know if half of it's real until you get references and you actually see them in action and that's why it's tough to make sure that you have a really good staff on hand. So it's we could say all the right things, but what parents out there should know is that we do our best to actually follow through on it and that it's not just talk, it's action. I would say follow through above and beyond. I mean, it was... That makes us happy. Unbelievable. What's your favorite part about Kaminami unrelated to... Don't say I'm related to the lake. (laughs) No, it can be related to the lake. I'm related to any of the medical stuff we've been talking about or food allergies. Like, As a person, what's your favorite part about Kaminami? Well, the favorite part for me for Jonah was, I know you don't want it related to food, but the fact that mealtime is actually super fun. There's a lot of fun announcements, fun songs. You know, I have a kid that won't sit at the table because eating is painful for him, and he enjoyed mealtime. Are they fun announcements because your kids think they're fun or because you got to make a bunch of announcements and give <laughs> well, out trophies? Well, I did really you enjoy made, you, you making those announcements. Colleen no, would give out trophies to every kid who got up on skis for the first time. It's something we do even when Colleen's not there, believe it or not. But she wanted to be the one. Although we were cruising up downtown do Minocqua, um, I think look, we were looking one night like, how could we reward these kids that took the time to get into the water when it was... Probably in the like low fifties. Right. What did you bring to camp? Penguins, isn't that what we're calling Yeah, it was penguins. the little penguins. It was like right? fifteen little... cent penguins that we created our, our little like. It was our little polar bear club, but we couldn't, bear find, couldn't polar find polar bears. I like the penguins. Yeah. I think the kids really liked them too. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I think we we got a few kids to come down to the lake. I mean, the property is amazing. Um, I love really just did... walking around camp and being like, 
I don't know, that you're coming up from the lake and all the kids are coming and going and where are you going next and this activity and this activity. I was like, I really want to go on that tramp court <laughs> and I really want to go on the tennis court and I really want to play hockey. And I was just kind of bummed I wasn't a little boy. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> so twisted. I think that's... You can come back as a real little That's player. a great... That's a great way to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call my um, therapist now. Leave it on that. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and got as much out of it as I was hoping. Um, we will see you next time on the Campcast. A lot more really great stuff to come. And I'm going to let Miles take us out. You can find us on campanomedy.com. Talk to you guys later.